Hi, it's Dr. Sandy Laura Kramers. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast and to our video channel. So today we're going to talk about allergies and allergies of the eye specifically. I just want to thank all my listeners for your comments and suggestions um, and all my patients over the years. I want to thank you. You guys have really made me who I am in terms of being able to explain this better. Uh, in my previous podcast, I talked about how we started this whole stepladder thing with a patient in you know, Boston trying to say, get all the information on one sheet. And then more recently, a patient's like, what the heck is this? This is too complicated. I can't even understand that. So it was very helpful because it tries to help us explain things better to all of you and helps, of course, us as researchers and and doctors try to understand what are we missing? What can we do better? So one of the things that can be very confusing with eye symptoms is determining, is it dry eye? Is it allergy? And like I talked about in my previous podcast, dry eye is really a misnomer. It's not really that the eye is sometimes dry in the sense that there's no tears. You could be tearing crazy and that can be a symptom of dry eye. But what we really mean is a tear film, tear abnormality. The tear is not lubricating the eye the way it should. And we've talked about many times the different tear film parts, the oil, the water, and because they don't mix, there's the mucin. So those are the three components and they're crucial. The only one we can show patients or ourselves to date, this is 2021 still, is the oil gland, the mybography. And within probably five years, we'll finally be able to do show you the mucin layer and the lacrimal layer. We'll understand so much more than we do now, but for right now, we take it slowly and, and try to understand what we can do for each layer. So when trying to figure out, is it dry eye, allergy, both, there's certain things we can do. So we find out if the symptoms are worse in the morning or worse in the evening. So in the morning, generally, your eyes should be at their best. You should be waking up, not noticing your eyes, having no crusting, no having no pain, not having to wake up in the middle of the night with pain. And if you do have symptoms in the morning, there may be a component of Maybe you're sleeping with an allergen. Maybe you're opening your eye in the middle of the night. Maybe the fan is hitting you and you don't realize. Maybe you have floppy eyelid syndrome and the eye is lifting a little bit. Maybe you have lag ophthalmos, which means you don't fully close your eyes. We try to do investigations to see why your symptoms worse in the morning. Usually, most people, if it's pure meibomian gland issues or excessive use of eye issues or your, your tear film is drying out, they're worse in the evening. And so that's what we've talked about in the past with the previous podcast of what you can do for that. But for allergy in particular, the classic symptom is itching. But you can also have tearing. You can have still foreign body sensation. You can have mucus, uh, dryness even. So they kind of go hand in hand and they really do go hand in hand. And so the idea is this is a vicious cycle, right? We have, it's all based on inflammation, but you have what, what comes first. We don't know, probably genetics. So if you have ocular rosacea, meaning you have a little bit of redness or redness of your nose or cheeks or your family has these traits, you might have ocular rosacea. You can be any nationality in the world and still have ocular rosacea. And so there's inflammation. And so the question is, where does that inflammation come from? So some people probably have a gene that makes them more likely to have inflammation. And then there's, of course, your environmental factors, things like where do you live? Do you have pets at home? What's your diet like? That affects it as well. So inflammation can cause 
the cells to be abnormal, which can cause meibomian gland atrophy. It can also cause the lacrimal gland to be a little abnormal or even the mucin layer. And that prevents these tear from flushing out allergens. And then when the allergens stay in the eye, they make more inflammation, which damages more cells, which makes more inflammation, which damages more cells. And it becomes a cycle of inflammation that we try to break in multiple locations. So we'll look, of course, always, and every allergy patient will do a mybography. Highly recommend this, even if you have no symptoms, uh, to do this once every year or once every two years. I do it every, I do it usually twice a year, um, just to show you guys what my glands are doing as I get older. But I've seen 90 and close to 100 year olds looking like this. And really this is probably close to normal. But as we get older or something happens, maybe there's surgery trauma, the glands will dry up and we wanna avoid that because these glands that are very dried up, there's little left, have less ability to flush out allergens. Or if you have a surgery or a trauma or anything, any, like even an eyelash. I've had patients say, I never had any eye symptoms until I had an eyelash and then now I can't get rid of that symptom or I never had any problems until I had a sty removed and now I have chronic pain. We've heard that so many times because something tipped them over the edge and it partly is de dependent on how many glands you have. So for allergy, we want to find out what you're allergic to. So we, of course, do usually an allergy test, whether it's the very quick one you do on your arm that we do here, takes about five minutes, or the full panel that you do with an allergist, get an allergy test if you think there's allergy. And the way you'll know is, do you have itching? Do you have kind of other symptoms like, you know, difficulty with sneezing or you're, you're, you have your um, seasonal allergy symptoms? Have you taken Zyrtec or Allegra or any of those over-the-counter kind of medications? Then you probably have a component of allergic conjunctivitis, meaning the allergy is inflaming the surface of the eye and causing redness and all the symptoms I mentioned. And so we treat it very similar to get you better. Once we know what you're allergic to, it gives us information because if we know that your, your actual control which is that test on the allergy test, which is supposed to be positive in everybody. If yours is negative, it means pretty much one of two things. Number one, either your immune system is just not revving up for some reason, and it's either, we don't know why, maybe there's an immune issue like diabetes or something, uh, or cancer, you know. Uh, those, those are really the, the kind of options. The control should be very positive, especially if you have a normal immune system. So when you don't have a positive control, we know with this treatment ladder of the allergies uh, that you are going to need steroids. The over-the-counter, the prescription anti-allergy drops generally are not going to do the same and they're not going to work the same. So we kind of jump to that. So that gives us that informational piece. So this is very similar to the dry eye component. There's still two paths to get you better in terms of the allergy. The save the gland, super, super crucial. Everything else is to get rid of the symptoms. We don't generally have cures for allergies unless you go to the allergist and they try to really get rid of whatever allergen you're kind of uh, having a problem with, which is an option. Uh, but most people don't want to go through that whole uh, protocol and they just kind of will deal with it seasonally. So as before, saving the meibomian glands, the same drill, warm compresses to keep the orifice open, but heat will make redness and allergy symptoms worse, whether it's your eyes or your skin. So if you put, if I have a, a mosquito bite and I put heat, it's going to be more itchy because it brings the mast cells and eosinophils open up and it makes you want to itch more, which makes the whole thing worse. So you put cold on top whenever you get bitten by a mosquito or, or have any bite. A rash from like poison ivy, cool compresses. For the eye, it's a little bit more tricky because we need the heat to open the orifice of the meibomian gland, but then cold to decrease the allergen. So it's kind of 
both for different reasons. But if I'm in the middle of the day and I start itching my eye, I run and get a little ice pack or cold water and I put it on and then I do my warm compresses a different time of day, morning and night, like you brush your teeth. So we don't wait till, and I love this one, we don't wait until we lose all our teeth to address the meibomian gland and do the warm compresses. We, we brush our teeth every day to avoid losing our teeth. The same thing with washing your face. You wanna do it every day so you don't have to lose your glands because it, it's not fun. So the warm compresses, the cleaning, finding products that won't make your allergies worse to help get rid of the demodex and the, and the bacteria. Demodex mites can also cause allergy symptoms like itching. So there's been many cases, a patient comes in, terrible itching, the eyelashes are covered with mites. And I think this has not been proven yet, but I, I really think it's true. The diet has a lot to do with who gets infested with mites and doesn't. And so generally I think the mites hate anti-carbohydrate, low-carbohydrate, anti-inflammatory diets as much as we do. And so when I find somebody changes their diet, it, they just control the Demodex better. And I have not published this yet, but this is my observation. So I do still tell patients, even though there's no publications, if you can decrease your sugar in your blood, we have some data to show mosquitoes will hate you. Uh, they won't like you as much. And probably maybe the mites won't either. So I do still recommend that. So washing your eyes, finding the right cleaning product, Lipoflow, IPL, Mybrography mentioned in my previous podcast, keeps the oil pumping, helps prevent future allergies from getting out of control. In terms of the symptom relief, there's still those categories, drops, ointments, and other options. So for the drops, artificial tears, put them in the refrigerator. Those cold component decreases the inflammation by stabilizing the mast cell. Uh, there's also different things like liposomal sprays and other things you can use over the counter. The FDA approved drops for allergy are basically non-steroidal and steroidal. Uh, there's the over-the-counter options and the prescription options for allergy. So the over-the-counter options that are very good are uh, Zatator and Pataday. Those are our favorite ones. The prescription ones are Lastacaf. Uh, there's probably a few more, but most insurances are not covering, covering the prescriptions anymore that we've had success with. So we always go over-the-counter first. And then if that doesn't help, we will go on to steroid. But again, we want short pulses of steroid, minimal possible, because we do not want to increase somebody's risk of cataract or glaucoma, but we have a cure for cataracts. So, you know, it's really the glaucoma concern. So I tell people, if you're miserable with dry eye or allergy, and you feel like you need steroids every single day, you got to do it. We do it if it's helping, um, but we just follow you periodically, usually about every six weeks or so to check your eye pressure. And we check your optic nerve usually about once a year to sometimes twice a year to check on that. And then there's, of course, the non-FDA approved options uh, for allergic conjunctivitis like restasis. There's tacrolimus, Zydrosequa, uh, those kinds of things are still not FDA approved for allergies, but they do work. And then the biologics. We have had a lot of success with people using their own cells, autologous serum, platelet-rich plasma uh, for allergies. You know, we haven't had to use core blood serum for allergies, but it would help, you know, that kind of thing. So those kinds of things do help. And then ointments, what you're trying to do with the ointment is just kind of lubricate the eye, uh, keep it protected when you're sleeping, and then they suffocate any mites or bacteria to kind of keep the uh, glands open and help prevent the demodex from causing itch. So like we talked about in the previous podcast, coconut oil, manuka honey, those kinds of things tend to help without really much risk. And then of course the prescription ointments like beta, uh, like erythromycin, uh, bacitracin, uh, uh, those are the non-steroidal. And then the steroidal ones are things like Neopolydex and Tobridex, my favorite being Neopolydexa. There's a little bit less allergy from the Neopolydexa than with Tobramycin in the Tobridex. So some people are allergic to different medications that way. Um, okay, so diet we talked about, 
pills like doxycycline, anti-allergy pills like Zyrtec, of course, steroids we haven't had to do in a long time for allergies, but sometimes it's out of control and somebody has a horrible reaction, swollen, completely shut, we sometimes have to give steroid pills. And then punctal plugs sometimes do help with allergies, but generally we try to let the allergens clear out through the puncta into the nose to kind of keep things clean. So the take home message here for allergy is still do the cleaning, warm compresses, but you're gonna need cold compresses or cold artificials, official tears more often. Think about your diet and think about anti-itch drops, anti-allergy drops that are potentially over the counter or your own biologics. So I hope this helped. Thank you for tuning in. Please pass this on to family and friends. Thank you.